Welcome to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tattooing Network. You must unlearn what you have learned. Your source for the latest Legion news, opinion, and analysis. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. John Archiquette. Will somebody get this big walking carpet out of my way? Matt Turner. I'm not afraid. And Joshua Gray. You will be. What's going on, Outriders? John, Matt, and LJ, our, uh, our official fourth Outrider, is uh, hanging out with us today. What's going on, man? The objectively better Josh. <laughs> it's not even objectively. <laughs> it's just better. What's going on, man? Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the world of Legion right now. Uh, I know we got a lot to talk about today, and as I was just explaining to you guys before we started, got a lot going on on the personal front, so it's uh, shaping up to be a pretty busy summer. Yeah, so yeah, just b- before we get too far into the, the Legion stuff, um, what's going on with you, man? Uh, uh, we are at the end of my first full year at school, of the, the new school I started teaching at this year, and uh, we also bought a house, me and my wife, so that's pretty exciting. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. So that's probably what, like a uh, five, five billion dollar house in L.A.? Yeah, uh, <laughs> two bedrooms, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all right. It's the it's the equivalent of a uh, you know Oklahoma mansion, sure. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, we won't uh, we won't you know waste too much of your time here. Just kidding. That's actually exactly we're what we're gonna waste here all today. of your time. Here. That's, that's <laughs> all I have on my show notes for today is waste LJ's How time. How can we waste LJ's time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got some cool stuff to go over today. Um, you just got done with Kublai Khan. Um, I was at an RPQ this weekend down in Arizona. and you got some hot takes for us. Yeah, so we got a lot of stuff to go over. Plus, we are on the final four of Invader League now. So we brought in, oh, man. you know, of course, the, the resident master of all things Invader League to, t- to discuss that. And... Um, but first, we're a little bit of rules reference out yeah, on the and, horizon yeah, too. Yeah, and the rules so reference much guide. stuff to talk about. So we've got lots of stuff to talk about, and I'm glad we brought on somebody who is infinitely wiser. <laughs> but first, but first, uh, some Star Wars news. Where's my ATST, Matt? Oh, uh, I've got it back here. Well, you don't even want an ATST. Get out of here. Where's my Sabine, John? <laughs> Where, where's my Bosk, LJ? No. Uh, so obviously, the uh, the last. Thursday of the month has come and gone with no release from for our Legion people. And actually, so I had uh, previously reported that the ATST was scheduled for distribution on the 27th of June. And even that's gone away as of this morning. So and now it's showing the indeterminate time that they put when they don't know. Although I've been hearing people say like 7 June or something. And I want to say there was an email I saw from Fantasy Flight backing that up. So that should be coming out. Still no idea about anything else. Tauntaun, Sabines, nothing. Ugh. Okay. So we're hoping that isn't going to push everything else further to the right. I mean, it probably will. Well, we'll see. We'll see. There's RPQs and worlds and all kinds of things. That all, have all sorts of stuff coming Major up. implications for that. The implications. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't know but, about you, but I'm fine not saying Sabine at Worlds. So, you know, they could take as much <laughs> time as they want with her. Oh, a little self-interested uh, uh, delays. With uh, those releases, you're like, oh, that's that's too bad. So sorry about that. I I'd like to have Sabine, but then again, I don't have you know an invite to Worlds. So yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a boat out there in the ocean that's been lost for like a long time now. <laughs> Not gonna say I was involved, but you know it might it might <laughs> be true. 
You, you had the uh, Coast Guard interdict and uh, search them. Well, <laughs> That's probably you know, exactly what yeah. I just went all Tony Stark on them, and I, you know, hacked in and bypassed the mainframe because that's what you do, right? Oh yeah, you got to bypass that mainframe. The mainframe's always in the way. Oh, yeah. I thought you were just gonna say you went all Tony Stark and uh, died. But uh, then I heard the oh. counterattack with their firewalls and sent them after you. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, sorry, we so we haven't seen the ATST yet, nope. not ATST, but we did get the rules reference guide. Rules reference guide, yep. And I feel like that may be. A bigger deal at the moment I mean, right now, as far yeah. as the, the the game itself. For is sure, concerned. yeah. More implications there. Yeah, exactly. A down ATSD. But uh, other Star Wars news: the Galaxy's Edge portion of Disneyland opened it up last night. Yeah. Uh, and for the for the first several months, they're going to have reservations only attendance. So I'm sure it's still hilariously packed. I want to say there was a live stream for the event. I'm going to have to go dig that up and check it out. But yeah, I'm excited. They had, Hopefully. Uh... They had Lucas. Get out there and fall. They had yeah. uh, Hamill. Uh, who else did they have? They had Billy D. Yep, and Harrison Ford. And Harrison Ford. And yeah, Harrison Ford, sweet. and I think Bob Iger. So yeah, it was quite the little little crowd they brought out for that. That was pretty flashy. I'm liking Harrison Ford's beard, by the way. Yeah, it's actually. He I didn't a, recognize him at beard. first. Yeah, that's that's what the that's what Han Solo should have been in uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, a little bit more, a uh, little more disheveled. Yeah, just well, a maybe, little uh, more grizzled. Right, right. So if George ever takes over the controls again, I'm sure he'll release a special edition with the CG beard. <laughs> so, also, does Billy D. Williams need a cane, or was he just rocking that as an accessory? Mm. I don't even know. Who cares? He, he can do whatever he, has, he like, wants. A, an awesome cane he's walking around yeah. with, and I'm like, man. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he, he didn't have a cane at the uh, Star Wars celebration, okay. so maybe he needs it sometimes. Maybe not. Maybe it is just a fashion statement because he can do whatever he wants forever. I don't know if he, yep. maybe he was shooting a Colt 45 commercial right beforehand. Um, maybe right <laughs> after. Maybe during. You know, he is uh, very versatile and talented. Yep. Yeah. All right. So. This past weekend, we had uh, a couple big events in the Star Wars Legion, um, one of them being Kublai Khan, and you were up there, right? That was up in the Bay Area, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, that was up in uh, San Francisco, so I got some uh, family members up there, and uh, Emily and I were lucky enough to get out of the house for the weekend and go hang out, and uh, it was also our anniversary weekend, so it was kind of a nice little nice little getaway for a couple days before we came back and started working on the house stuff, so uh, Kublai was a lot of fun. You know, they had a, a very solid showing, you know, 30, 32 players registered. And I think they had 30 on ground of the day and nobody dropped, which is always, you know, preferable. There wasn't an odd number, so we didn't have to worry about any buys. And, um, you know, the terrain was uh, the terrain was really there. And it's it's so nice to like, you know, I, I've had my fingers in these big con events and to go to one and it be almost the same. Because they were using the terrain slips, they were using the report slips that we had created. They were, you know, the terrain was around the same standard. It was just, it felt really oh, good to go to it and yeah. be like, yeah, I didn't have to do anything, and I still had that, you know, nice smooth experience. I, I can't complain. Awesome. So you mean other you do? people can do it other than LJ? <laughs> yeah. He just, he, you know, he he set <laughs> he set the template. Oh, okay, that's it. Yeah, I, I had talked to, to Nima a lot and David, who, who, were, who were running it, uh, Endless and, uh, and Nash J. And, uh, you know, they, they did take a lot of stuff from the, the LTC website and were able to kind of apply it to what they were doing there. And I was, I was checking in that last week just to make sure they didn't need more help or anything. But I really enjoyed it because it showed 
the kind of community we have here on the West Coast. Um, everything was extremely positive. There weren't any altercations that were questionable. There wasn't any, you know, any problems as far as like player interactions go. And, you know, pretty much all the terrain was locally sourced from stores and individuals. And it again ended up looking really solid. So that was, a, that awesome. was a great thing to see. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that they can eventually turn Kubla into a national or some sort of qualifier, because if I can bounce between that and LVO, I don't got to go anywhere to, you know, help run events or play in them. Now, you guys, are, this is a pretty big legion community in the bay area in general i mean that's i know nemo's was at lvo and he's i believe one of the guys in the top uh the top cut for invader league or he he was in the top 32 he was um, yeah he, he made it in yeah it, kings kingsley's from that area too isn't he Mm-hmm. okay so were they what you said nemo was helping to organize did he play too he played on day one, um, and then he didn't quite make the cut, so he didn't play on day two, and he ran it. And then uh, David, or Endless, ran the whole thing on day one, and then he allowed Nima to run it on day two while he was doing some other stuff. Uh, Kingsley actually did, did not get to show up. He had a work conflict come up, but yeah, all three oh, of them are from the same area. And there's actually a good handful of other uh, Discord guys that I know that I got to meet that I never seen before in person, so it was really cool. Right on. Awesome. So how'd you do? Uh, overall, I went four and one over the two days. So the way that they did it on the second day was uh, they did an eight-person cu- top cut, but you actually stopped playing when you lost. And so um, I swept the first day and was first place overall, which was awesome. Um, I played against uh, a couple newer guys and got to you know kind of walk them through uh, like the game. But at the same time, they were you know well versed enough that it wasn't like a struggle. I think we we both times had a, a very fun, but also kind of casual competitive match and it was great to see i think the guys had like six games of experience between the two of them that i played and you know the fact that they were willing to throw themselves out there and go to a tournament was like really cool to see and i I very much appreciated that and then my last game of the day i played against um, a guy from the discord called uh, Genghis john who i haven't met in person and i I really like him and that the two of us had uh had a really good solid uh game between each other and that that wrapped up the first day and as i said i i was at first overall at the time um and then so you had a good game against uh genghis john at the kublacon yep if it (laughs) could fit any more perfect i wouldn't know what to tell you (laughs) um and then on the second game of the first day i actually played against a triple wookie land speeder list Nice. That was quite interesting. Uh, That was an intercept game that uh, I I ended up cleaning up by turn six, but it looked real dicey there. There was definitely a couple rolls that if they would have went one way or the other, it could have been a very different game. Um, And then I I lost to a list that surprised me, and I think I figured out what my kryptonite is in Legion. If you want to beat me, just play Vader. Because I am am terrible (laughs) at fighting Vader. The the one that... uh, that you came to, John, I, I had lost to, uh, or the one after you came, I had lost to a Vader, uh, a Vader tank list, and then at Kubla, I lost to um, a, I think it was a nine activation Vader list, um, and it was again intercept. And I think I just I tried to get the early point in turn two in the middle, and I think that was a mistake. I think I probably should have waited and try to do a little firing line for longer than I did and kind of clean up some more of his units before I finally advanced. 
Um, and so I, you know, I got to be got to be humbled by that loss a little bit because, you know, I definitely <laughs> I, I felt very confident at the end of the first turn. I had done some real good damage to him. My I, I kind of forced him into bad terrain and I felt like I had a really solid plan. And I, I ended up losing by, again, two points on uh, intercept. And uh, wow, it, it, it was it was a good loss, though, because I was playing with a list that I'm considering for worlds. And it definitely gave me a little perspective on how to play that list and maybe something I might want to consider removing or changing. And that's that's a good lesson to learn now before it really matters next month. Yeah, so. you don't want to learn that at worlds. It's like, hmm, yeah, I probably should have played this differently. Yeah, exactly. Right. Did you were you running the, uh, the middle management list you ran against me uh, a month ago? No, I was actually running Krennic Boba. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, so I, I, I've always been a big fan of Boba Fett. You know, he was the guy that got me to Worlds in the first place, and I've been playing him nonstop since September. So after playing middle management, I was like, i got to work him in my list again. And so, you know, I played around with it. I want to try Krennic because I like his, you know, some of his stuff he can do. I really like Voracious, and I like Cunning. And Boba checks a lot of boxes for me, too. So... That list right now is Krennic, Boba, a Death Trooper, four Storm Trooper, two with Medic, and everybody with DLTs, and then triple Snipers. So it's pretty pretty cold, cruel efficiency as far as lists go, <laughs> um, and uh, you know it can be quite imposing, especially with the with the right deployment, and the right setup. That uh, that firing line can be pretty hard to stare down. Oh I, yeah, I can imagine. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that the the Vader listed that well done. Did he end up making it further in the tournament? Yes, so he beat me in round two, and so that meant he went to the uh, the final. And he actually played um, a guy from the Discord uh, who goes by the name of Decaf, um, who had almost the exact same list as me, minus like one or oh, two wow. upgrades, like almost the carbon copy of what I had brought. It was hilarious because you know we had never talked to each other about a list or anything. And um, he ended up uh, losing that game, uh, and Decaf won. And so he got a second place, <laughs> second place overall. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a really good showing for a Vader list. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with the way he played it. Um, one of the things that he didn't do was he actually took um, reflexes, choke and throw instead of uh, push, which oh, I know is pretty normal. And mm-hmm. I, I think that was a mental mistake I had made during the game as I was actually playing Boba like he had push. And if mm. I would have been a little smarter and realized that he did not um i probably would not have uh, played the the center objective the way i did so you know it was it was just it threw me through a loop um i wasn't mentally prepared for it and you know i i i always don't respect vader when i when i play good vader players i still i still maybe get a little too aggressive and should be a little more patient so um, you know, it was, a, again, as I said before, kind of a good lesson to learn and uh, a very enjoyable game. Uh, Kevin, who I was playing against, he uh, is very, very fun to play, even a highly competitive game against. I mean, we had a couple people watching us at all times and, you know, the two of us were still talking things out. And if one of us made a little mental mistake, you know, we were fixing it or catching it for the other person. And that's that's the kind of competitive game you want, you know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, my uh, my RPQ. So I, I went down to Prescott um, this past weekend and played against the the Critical X guys, um, John Bushman and, and Brendan, of course the the, the Grand Marshal, uh, who apparently actually does play Legion, believe it or not. Oh, who'd have known? Hmm. Once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that you know he enjoys judging other people and 
he actually does play the game and, and actually plays it quite well. Yeah, we right got on. we got our grudge um, match in at uh, after LVO while we were waiting at the store on Sunday, and he he actually yeah. beat me when we played. Yeah, he's he's a he's a good player. He's uh, he's got a, a shrewd mind. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then and Nathan, of course, the other the third guy from from Critical X. So it was those three, and then, of course the Phoenix slash Tucson slash a few people from Vegas. Um, I think about twenty people ended up playing. Um, good turnout for the RPQ. I went two and one. I lost to Bushman, um, who ended up winning the whole thing. And man, I hate giving bad beat stories, but Luke, uh, Luke versus Luke. I threw six attacks on Eastims and made five or hit five. He blocked all five, and all I need was one wound on him. And uh, yeah. <laughs> feels bad but but i had you know i had a similar reversal of fortunes in a you know in one of the first games so yeah no complaints but it was did you finally realize that luke just isn't that good uh no no i realized (laughs) good you shouldn't because he's awesome i'm I'm still i'm still under my my horrible streak with z6s uh other than that uh (laughs) no it was it was a great tournament good turnout um pretty diverse list constructions i probably about 50 50 rebel imperial um Bushman won it, nice. and he was running Rebels. So he was actually running a Flyboys list. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, and, you know, overall, just uh, a good time. Long long drive, but it was worth it. You did it all in one day, right? So yes, sir. Five hours to Woke there. up at four in the morning, yeah, yeah. drove Ooh. down, played until eight at night, and got back at midnight. Uh, that was but actually hey, one, of the, yeah. that was one of the things I forgot to mention is that on the first day, at Kubla, um, I actually played against seven ATRTs over three games. No, <laughs> and that's nice. that's definitely not something I'm used to. And then in the you know the next game, that I I played four rebels and one imperial, and I lost to the imperial. That and that that second rebel as I or on the second day that rebel as I mentioned at the triple wookies and land speeder. So I actually played against mm. armor in every list, which I haven't done in a while. You know that's that's a fun thing about playing some of these bigger events is that. Regardless of how competitive it might be, you're going to get some people who bring some very counter meta stuff. So you really have to be prepared for all comers. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's something I, you know, see all the time is that there are a lot of people that can make a deep run in a tournament because they just bring something that people aren't well practiced against. Um, I know that you know Lupo is one that sticks out to me because he he was talking at um, High Command and he said that you know he loses fairly often with his saboteur list because everybody in his meta knows him but then he goes to high (laughs) command and he wins a world's invite so because people aren't used to fighting it Uh, yeah i can attest to that because i played against him at lvo and he was my first loss because i looked at like dude i honestly don't even know how to play against what you have right now (laughs) yeah and and the fact that he's a hell of a good player you know that kind of helps too yeah not gonna lie i'm fairly happy that i'm not in his group for worlds so you know just a, a, a quick question about uh about the RPQ situation um so we played strength of schedule and there was no ta- uh top 2 to determine who got first place is that a common thing you're seeing in RPQs or is that kind of a one off um you know i i haven't really been able to go to any because of you know what my schedule has been like lately but that's definitely something i've been hearing is that you know the the strength of schedule has been very prevalent in some of the rpqs because it's been hard for stores to you know set the right amount of time aside to run a tournament from start to finish and have one winner 
Um, I definitely know that some stores have done cuts, so that way the people that get cut can at least head out early or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it seems to be fairly normal for that to be the case from what I've heard. Okay. Because, yeah, it was it was a really well-run tournament. The guys from the store in Prescott did a great job. Um, they even, you know, I had to accommodate because we had a, a larger turnout than they expected. Uh, but, you know, they had you know ample terrain, good tables and everything. But that was one thing that was kind of brought up um, was just, you know, the fact that it was the first place was determined based on strength of schedule. Um, now, it kind of worked out well because despite the fact that Bushman won, he's actually going to be deploying or he's, he's unavailable to, to actually go to high command. So the second place person who also went undefeated um, is going to be the one that's going to be going mm. in his stead. And you ended up, what, fifth overall? Uh, I think it was fifth, yeah. yeah. So, I, I, yeah, two and one, and then however strength the schedule worked, I got fifth. Um, yeah, the Critical X guys, they're, uh, I guess, objectively better than the Legion Outriders X because they went first, second, and fourth. Wow. Yeah, and I went fifth. So I couldn't beat even their weakest <laughs> podcast <laughs> member. <laughs> Sorry, well, it's a good thing I didn't go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, like I said, great, great event, good turnout, and uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, good to hear. So let's get into this uh, this rules reference update that came out this week. So we were you know, kind of expecting something to drop probably before Worlds, and lo and behold, it came out with the newest rules reference guide, cleared up quite a few of the, the things that we were kind of questioning. What was your, your biggest takeaway? What, what do you think was the one that's going to have the biggest immediate impact? Um, I, I like that we have the full rules for RAM. Uh, RAM is, you know, the Tauntaun keyword that's coming up soon. Um, and so you get to uh, change X attack dice results to critical results if you performed at least one full standard move at its maximum speed during the same activation as this attack. So here's the thing that people are going to get tripped up on that, you know, I, I'm glad that they have there pretty clearly, is that you have to perform at least one full standard move to get ramped. So if you move just like a quarter of an inch to make base contact with somebody, you're not going to get ram. However, and I'll caveat this by saying it like this, if you take two moves and one is a full move and then you, you know, maybe slow down and you don't t and you take a partial to get that charge in, you still moved at least one full standard move as part of its activation. So you get the benefit of ram. So if you're going to go ramming speed, Make sure that you either move the full template distance or you have a move and then that charge move so that you don't, um, you know, you don't lose that RAM ability because uh, RAM is kind of cool. Yeah, I, I like, it, you know, the, the effect it's going to probably have making them somewhat viable in, in close combat because initially I, I wasn't expecting to be using my Tauntauns in that regard. Um, so, I mean, that, that definitely adds versatility to them. Now, does, do they have... I don't have the card in front of me right now. Do they have charge? Uh, you know, I would have to see if I can find them really quick. So, I don't know if there's any other ones you want to look at. I'll look it up while we talk. Okay, because, yeah, because if... I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like, if they don't have charge, I'm, they would only be able to make that one move to be able to make their close combat attack. So, essentially, they wouldn't be able to make that second move. Um which, I mean, I guess changes a little bit because then you're going to have to make sure you time that or, you know, space that uh, 
that movement out to <laughs> to get them to exactly base to base contact with no more or no less. Oh yeah, they don't need to give them that... charge. They gave them relentless, the better charge. Oh, uh, that's right. That's there right. you Thank go. You. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I couldn't remember if they had relentless or steady on them, but uh, now everything makes more sense because uh, it is indeed uh, relentless. So they get to perform a free attack. Yeah, and relentless is objectively better than charge, right? <laughs> objectively. I realize that like everyone's saying objectively now, and yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> John, you were quite upset about the inability for beast riders to take cover behind barricades. I, okay, I wasn't quite upset. It was <laughs> it was an initial. I was driving back from a shoot, and Josh was with me. And Josh looks at his phone and goes, "Oh, look, taunt, uh, the rules are out. Tauntauns can't get cover from barricades." I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't okay. surprise me. Like, and now I've pulled no. up the I pulled up their article because I was looking that other thing up, and based on their size, I yeah, I can't say that doesn't surprise me. Um, I I think with their innate ability to kind of move um, and bounce around and still get their free shot, it's probably a good thing they didn't because then you know like uh, Wookies or. Uh, snow troopers you just advance them up continuously behind barricades and they jump over them because they don't care anyway and so like we kind of avoid that with tauntauns and considering how much they shoved in there for 90 points i don't mind this concession no you're right and honestly they're about the size of like an atrt right height wise it looked yeah. like it yeah. yeah and they're the same size base yep. uh i mean they, they look good don't get me wrong um i'm just <laughs> I'm just waiting to that moment where I, I walk into a, a volley of death death trooper fire <laughs> and just pick up all of my <laughs> my Aww. furry little muppets. Tauntauns down. Oh yeah, right. it's gonna be great, especially when you shoot before the tauntaun activates and they don't get that dodge token. Yeah, I'm Ugh. I am definitely looking forward to that. But they definitely gave them a lot of tools to be valid, so I'm excited to see what they do when they hit the table. And uh, sorry to say, John, they also cannot embark or disembark. So I can't put my my mm. one remaining uh, no, <laughs> taunt can't put him in, in an X thirty four. Tauntauns day off, yeah. and he's just flying around the field. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, beautiful! <laughs> Hanging his head out the window. Let me hold on. Drive closer. I'll ram yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. We're going home. Um, so the other one of the other big changes. Um, it looked like they finally clarified the standard move. So, so there's not going to be any more. Uh, Palpatine driving in reverse in the tank, right? Yeah, they, uh, you know, and I really hadn't actually seen that executed in person, but yeah, they, they made sure to define um, what a reverse is, so that way you can't double reverse, and then, you know, Palpervator gets to jump out with both their actions and wreak havoc and stuff like that, so yeah, glad, glad they caught it, called it the way they called it, because uh, yeah, obviously that seemed like an unintended interaction, and now that's uh, you know, not to, to worry about anymore. Uh, that was a big one. That was like a semantics one. Um, actually, one of the other yeah. big semantics one that I noticed is that you can indeed place mines underneath units. Yeah, I know. I know. Lupo yeah. was uh, was probably pretty happy about that because he was commenting about it like a while back in mm -hmm. one of the one of the chats, and he was just like, you know, I, you can do that. There's no reason you can't do that. And Lo and behold, FFG was like, you are right, sir. Yep. I, so. I, I like just making sure that little things like that that were left open to some molecule of interpretation are like right there. Like, nope, you can do it. It's here mm -hmm. in the book. Yeah. <laughs> but what you can't do is load up a land speeder with a bunch of 
minds and then send it forward. Well, I mean, as much as Josh keeps calling Rebels terrorists, <laughs> I mean, just, it seems I, it like it seems like it'd be appropriate, right? I mean, I I'm pretty sure I remember doing that with Jeeps and Battlefield Three. So I guess if it worked there. Yeah, I mean, come on, the simulations have borne it out. No, so. it's 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 not that you could put it on top of the models. It's that you can put it oh. under the models. So like, you couldn't load oh, okay. your uh, you couldn't load your occupier up with suppressive mines and go send it on its merry way. Like, how funny would that Don't be too close. if you like had triple sabs and you chucked mines on top of it, and they were like on top of the bed, so like it could be seen by everything, <laughs> and then the tank double moves, and then you explode based off the move action. <laughs> yes C- complete with your I be uh, upset about complete it. with your uh now you know if you could do that i might put a little sound thing inside the bottom so like the tank driver yelled <laughs> like Allah akbar as he went forward we're all in the military we could joke about this we can make technical right. jokes <laughs> for sure uh so probably the biggest change honestly though or the one that that was the headline change was the coordinated fire uh, no, clarification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as an Imperial player or somebody who usually trots out the Imperials, does this, uh, does this hurt your feelings a little bit? Not really. I mean, coordinated fire was the one change I made in between last chance qualifier and high command. I got rid of it and put Imperial discipline back in. Um, because I really feel like to take like full advantage of it, you really needed to build your list around it. And even then, uh, you know, it, it's not a card that was actually changing much. Um, clearly, it was better than covering fire. So like there was the disparity there. But it's it's yeah. not the be all end all card that like you know I think some people made it out to be when it came out. Now I I mm. I, I do slightly go back and preface that a bit by saying short troopers definitely would have turned it up to 11 because you know short short troopers <laughs> yeah. because they have what was it target they get a you know aim token when they get an order so now you play coordinated fire and you get three orders so you get three aim tokens and then you play the aim game and i i think kyle was saying that it was uh fairly easy to get 90 aim tokens if you really wanted to yeah and that i'm glad they have the foresight to fix that uh you know, but I, I think you're right. I think, especially with with Imperials who are running either Boba, Bosk, or middle management, or you know anything besides just a single commander with no operative, you probably had better options at that three pip card anyway, right? Yeah, I I feel like uh, the three pips spot is actually fairly crowded in the the Imperial sphere. I mean, Master of Evil, Lying in Wait. Jetpack Rocket, Annihilation Looms, um, Imperial Discipline. Those, those are all great cards. So, like, there's there's definitely no reason not to, to bring most of those unless your list just really doesn't gel with one of them. So, um, And I think at the same time, when they release a new unit, they don't have to look at that card and be like, okay, how does this work with this card? And they don't have to have that check every single time they make a new unit that might have something to do with aim tokens. Yeah. Did uh, did you catch anything else or anything else from the rules reference uh, update that was notable? Um, I I think for the most part things are you know as I said a little little clarifications and and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there was a there was a ninja buff to Ion if I remember correctly that said basically Ion kills any active shield tokens that you have or at least one active shield token. So oh yeah 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 so like. 
that's that's a Sabine slash Droidica problem when they come out. But um, you know that that was interesting. Um, I also liked that you know they made sure to clarify some stuff some stuff around jump. And so like if you are panicking, like you have to use jump. You know, so you take the most expeditious route possible and stuff like that. Um, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that that was a good I little didn't even thing. Catch that. Yeah, th- so that was something they threw in there. Um, basically, like you know, we 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 knew that that's how it worked. But people always made arguments that like, well, you know, jump and this kind of action and whatnot. It's like, no, you can use it. You need to get off the board as fast as possible. Use it to get off the board as fast as possible. And they did the same thing with reposition. Um, So like, you know, your reposition, you got to make sure you use it to get off the board as quickly as possible. And um, if I'm remembering correctly, they might have even done something with push where when you use push, you can use reposition as well. So like, you know, if you push uh, an e-web, you could flip it the wrong way and then move it. And then it has to try extra hard to be facing the way it was trying to face. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So there, there's some interesting stuff they did there. Um, I, there's there's probably other little things that we might be glossing over, you know, just clarifying critical X, defend X. Uh, the creature trooper rules they had mentioned at Adepticon, they went over that a little bit more as we kind of touched on earlier. So overall, you know, I think this is a clean, good update and um, just happy I play a game where they're listening and making these changes as time goes on. Oh, for sure. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, props again to FFG for not having, you know, knee-jerk reactions like some other game companies do. They, You know, everything seems to be well thought out and, you know, anticipating what's going to be coming next measured reactions yeah and and factoring that in so yeah again i'm happy with the changes we've seen so far all right we're gonna take a quick break uh coming up we're gonna look at uh the new invader league season and how the final four are shaping up you're listening to the legion outriders podcast a member of the radio free tattooing network recorded on location at power nine games Whether you're looking for the latest releases from Legion, X-Wing, 40K, Magic, or any of our other extensive inventory of board and card games, head to Power9Games.com and use coupon code OUTRIDER10 to get 10% off your order. Plus, shipping is free on orders over $100. Now, back to the Outriders. All right, welcome back, Outriders. John, LJ, and Matt. I got to the back of the order on this one, too. Well, I mean, I'm just, I'm just nah, replacing no, LJ with Josh. Okay. So, oh, uh, I've been doing that mentally all episode. <laughs> Plus, if we're I going had a better, uh, I had a better strength of schedule. Sorry, <laughs> that's fair. Which is how we determine such things. Wait, why am I still here? <laughs> <laughs> You're still last. Yeah, <laughs> objectively. Oh, okay. Golden spoon. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I will claim it. One of these days, <laughs> my birthright. Uh, real quick before we get into the uh, Invader League talk for this week, um, I just want to give a quick shout out to one of our one of our first fans and listeners who um, was you know he's been super active within the community, um, Darren McGregor. Yeah, uh, he's a great guy and also a hockey fan. So big hockey fan, big hockey fan. Um, he is uh, going into treatment for cancer, and we just want to let him know that you're uh, you're in our thoughts and prayers, and uh, hopefully everything comes up. Uh, comes up well all, all the good vibes love and support all right back to legion um so invader league season three we're you know what final four right now Mm-hmm. final four and we've kind of recapped most of what we've seen through the single elimination rounds uh through top 32 who are the final four people we've got going on 
All right, so starting from the top, we have the not-U.S. side of the bracket. Uh, that wasn't on purpose. That's just who's left over on the top half. Uh, oh, Nikki Myland and uh, Beefcake4000, the beefiest of cakes. <laughs> um, so uh, Nikki is from uh, the U.K. and Beefcake is from uh, Australia. So it was actually really cool this season uh, to see that we're basically guaranteed to get a U.S. versus non-U.S. final. So that was kind of cool. Nice. Um, that's awesome. That's yep, why I so didn't recognize the names. Yep. Uh, so they're both Imperial players. Um, Nikki is running double bounty, if I remember correctly. Um, yep, and so right. is so is his opponent, uh, Beefcake. And then on the other side, you've got Luke Kick. Luke, Luke, sorry, Luke Kick. Luke Cook, the kid, which is what <laughs> I was trying to say. Uh, my, my favorite high command opponent. Um, and also, who is not in my world's bracket, thank God. Um, <laughs> he uh, he is running, I believe it's a classic Veers Boba, if I'm remembering correctly. So, uh, you know, pretty straightforward there. And uh, against Orchimedes, Kyle Dornboss, uh, who oh is in my world's bracket, sad face. Good um, luck with that. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he he defected this season. He is probably one of the one of the best rebel players I know. And mm-hmm. uh, this this was his first time playing Imperials. Um, and he went in playing uh, Veers Bosk, I think it was not Krennic Bosk. I don't think actually. Yeah, Veers is the commander in all four of the single elimination top four now. Yeah. Um, but it, but anyway, he yeah he went in playing Veers Bosk, and uh, he he rounds out our top four. So it is four Imperial players. Um, the the top eight was six and two, and uh, unfortunately, our two uh, rebels, Rippus Master and Kingsley, the two time champion, uh, they've both been ousted at, at this point in time, and so that that's uh, that's our top four uh, for a grand total of uh, four Imperials and uh, six bounty hunters. Wow! Yeah, so for all four of them are running Veers, and none of them are running Krennic with them, so. It looks like Veers is kind of the. Uh, is he just still the, holding it strong? Is he just the most efficient for points wise? Um, you know, Veers likes the bounty hunters. He he can help you get an aim and then move, which is you know very big for Boba because sometimes oh, his yeah. black dice just like to whiff. Um, obviously big for Bosk because he's got so many white dice on his gun. His one pip is you know strong in the sniper meta, and it can also hit you know a character or an open unit pretty hard from the get go. Um, he's got the Inspire, and Inspires, I think, is very important with Bosk. And uh, there's actually no Death Troopers in the top four, but we, you know, with Bosk floating around, I think having the Inspire is always useful. Um, yeah, he's just good. He, Veers, Veers is my man. He's been my, my favorite character for the longest time. I, I barely touched the other Imperial Commander, so like I, I can't fault them there because Veers is still you know, efficient for his 80 points. Um, and I think three out of four of the top four list are also running improvised orders on him because, duh, it's a good card. Well, sure, and, and having that many operatives along with you know the snipers and everything, you you need that control for uh, you know for your activation tokens. What you know? What do you think the reason is? We've seen so many bounty hunters. Is it because of the ability to get the victory point from bounty, or is it just that they've you know they're that great of a unit? I think it's there's a various mix of things. Um, Boba's always good. Boba's always you know a great objective player, and he's got very impactful command cards. Um, and he looks super cool. And, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, come on. 
And, you know, everybody wanted to try out Bosk this season. And so oh, I, sure. think, I, I think his frequency increased with the fact that, you know, he um, is a just a solid all-rounder and that he was the new shiny kind of combined. Um, I know Bosk did exceptionally well in the round robin because, you know, to be perfectly honest, our, our maps were not as good as they could have been. I think we learned... A, a thing or two about creating maps at Adepticon versus creating maps post Adepticon. I think how much line of sight blocking terrain you have on your board has to be upped a little bit more from what we had originally built. And so mm. the maps that we had for Round Robin kind of reflected that. And I think that kind of hurt the Imperial or sorry, the Rebel numbers overall as far as how many made it into the final. Um, and then it also gave units like Bosk and Death Troopers a pretty a pretty nice head into the game. So you know they're they're both good. Bosk, Boba, they're, they're usually pretty efficient at what they do. Um, neither of them are invincible. You know, Bosk can just melt if you pl if you put him out of position, and Boba only has five health. So, you know, both of them aren't auto-win buttons, but they're, you know, they're good. They're they're good. So how is the play style with Bosk? Are you seeing just, like, you know, stay at range four and just try to shoot everybody from a distance, Imperial Gunline kind of thing, or what? I'd say it's gravitated more towards that. Um, I know I've seen a fair amount of Merciless Munition play his one pip, but um, for the most part, you know, he is just pretty good at hanging back and just raining fire down on something. And, you know, especially against Rebels where you don't make a ton of saves anyway, that point of pierce on his gun means you're usually making one less. And, uh, oh, wow. you know, yeah. it, 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 you know it, it hurts them especially. And obviously he's not that bad against Imperials because, you know, if you if you get a statistical dice roll, now you're losing half the squad. And he is, you know, his, his ability to roll into crits is just, is just crazy. I, I think one of our favorite matches was watching poor Endless uh, have his landspeeder take five crits from a from a Bosk and just explode. Oh. <laughs> and, you yeah, know, that'll happen. And and his role, the the, the role and the way that like the Bosk player did it was like a one in a thousand chance. Like it's it's not <laughs> something you're gonna see anytime soon. But like sure. at the same time, it's like sometimes Bosk is gonna Bosk, just like Boba sometimes Bobas. <laughs> you know, and I, I use Boba as a verb all the time because sometimes I throw those black dice and it's four hits, and I'm like, yeah, he Boba'd that. And then I sometimes I roll my nice. defense dice and it's four blanks, and I'm like, man, he totally Boba'd that. <laughs> right into the pit of Carcoon. Uh, I yep. do that when I go get uh, Asian drinks down at Tokyo Cafe. It's like, hey, could you boba that? You know, could you boba that? Yeah, they do that at Universal Studios. You're right. <laughs> so with, um, you know, with Bosk having the surge to crit and throwing as many dice as he does, do you think maybe that they need to, you know, it's been mentioned before about how powerful the ability that surge to crit and maybe too many things have the ability to crit. Uh, do you do you foresee that being an issue at all? You know, I don't hate it. That one of the reasons why Legion is so exciting to me is because it can swing in the last turn, and you do have these momentous occasions sometimes where the game just changes. And I I think it makes Legion more unpredictable, leaving the surge to crit on so many units and i don't as like as a person i don't actually see that as a bad thing because i, I think it's created a more interesting game um i i kind of wish they'd maybe do something to kind of help rebels um and their dodges and i don't i don't think i have a perfect answer or i haven't seen an answer that's really sprung to mind um, i know a couple people on the discord have thrown out making it so you know dodges work against crits 
Um, and that would obviously be a fix that would assist them. Um, but you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what the perfect answer is there. And I, I think that players are learn, you know, will over time also learn how to play around some of these new tools. And then, you know, if you're tired of what the meta looks like, just wait a month, we're going to get new stuff anyway. <laughs> Hopefully a month, you know? It, well, yeah, F- fingers crossed. A month that that statement used to hold true a little longer ago, and May <laughs> May I think is the first you know month and forever that we haven't got it released. But you know we're pray I, we we're do not fairly, alter it further. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're fairly spoiled as Legion players, in my opinion. Anyway, oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm not complaining. My wallet needs the break. I bought a house. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So with um. With Worlds coming up, what, like, what's the date on Worlds again? Uh, that's June 21st through the 23rd. Okay. So, yeah, if this if this gets pushed back, we probably won't see Bosk and Sabine available for Worlds, correct? Yeah, I think they have to make it in by May, or sorry, June 11th, if because they still have the 11-day rule because it's a premiere event. Ooh, so yeah. that, yeah, that actually... Happen. That that means that they, I think that they need to come in by next Thursday. Because if they don't come in by next Thursday, the following Thursday is the 13th, and that will mean they'll be legal on the 24th, which is the day after the tournament ends. So yeah, I, I think it, they're probably not going to make it at this rate. Yeah. Um, I, I really Sad have not had time to to practice Bosk, so like I don't mind because Sabine is just good. <laughs> so now yeah. I don't have to deal with her at Worlds anymore, and I am glad. <laughs> would that have like significantly changed the way you would have run? I, I don't think so. It just would have changed my what I expect to see for my fellow opponents. Because like you know, in the top eight that are going to Worlds, we all pretty much know each other fairly well, and what the other people have brought in the past. So like you know, it, it's it, I I'm not really spending a lot of time right now because the off aforementioned personal life stuff you know like thinking oh if they bring this i'll do this or if they bring this i do this like i'm gonna go with what i feel with most practice with at the time because that's what wins me games is playing with stuff that i've played you know if i haven't gotten 15 games in with the list i haven't played it enough um and i'm i'm gonna go into worlds kind of not even worrying about the other half of the groups because like you know the other i i'm in group b and group a is davis uh luke lupo and kish and like i don't have to see them unless i make it to day two so like okay. i'm not even gonna be, i'm not even gonna think about them i'm thinking about the other three guys that are in my group you know i'm not even worried about what the other people may run so now okay eric uh he was the guy that i you know that first guy i knew that did really well with palp before i met pinto like what what could r1 be running what what stuff might he bring to the table uh you know uh Gordon, I, I don't know Gordon super well, but I know what army he likes to play. Kyle, Kyle's a wild card because now he's been practicing Imperials and Invader League. So, like, I'm going to think about those scenarios and, you know, just focus on that. He doesn't sound like he even knows, like, based on listening to his podcast yesterday. Like, he sounded like he's still <laughs> up in the air. No, I don't, I don't think he quite knows either because, uh, you know, I've, I think the fact that Bosk released would factor pretty heavily in his decision. Yeah, especially depending on how he does with the uh, the Invader League. Mm-hmm. So, what's uh, what do we got left? We got two weeks left for the Invader League. Mm-hmm. Should be about that. Um, one of the final four games is happening on Sunday. That's the uh, uh, the 
UK versus Australia game, and then uh, the the Luke Cook Orc game actually is isn't the, happening the until Ashes June. match. Yes, uh, <laughs> that game actually isn't happening until June twelfth, so it'll be a while before their game happens, just because of personal reasons between the two, just a lot of other stuff going on. So. My assumption is that we'll get done hopefully somewhere around the 15th, 16th of June, which is perfect because then we'll all be packing up and going to Worlds anyway. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll be able to call this season done and uh, we will be able to start the work for season four, which I 100% guarantee you will probably heavily feature clones and droids. Nice. Notice, awesome. notice I said 100% probably because who knows with FFG these days. <laughs> Well, plus, I mean, sixty percent of the time, there's yes, it works every time. Yeah, <laughs> there's pretty much one guy who's who's been doing all of the the work on the tabletop simulator for Legion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one guy that does the the mod itself. Um, I have a small staff of judges and helpers that help me run the league now, but um, the the mod does have one main author, Kieran. You should check out his patron. He's uh, he's he's a machine. Yeah, give that dude a give that dude some some Patreon because he's he's gonna have a lot of work cut out for him putting all those droids and uh, and clone models together. Oh boy, together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, wow. Tauntauns, Vets, Shore Troopers, the the emplacements, the Dewback, everything that's coming in the core box, the downed ATST. Who knows? Yeah. It's all going in. So yeah, <laughs> Tyrion's got a busy summer ahead of him, and you know he's just diligently working his way. So he he does a good job, but. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see this season wrapped up. Um, you know, we definitely saw some some faction dynamics change this time. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, I think the terrain definitely factored into it. Eleven rebels made the cut, whereas twenty one imperials did, and it was a lot closer last season. And I think out of the hundred three non mirror matches, uh, the imperials won sixty one and rebels won forty two. So it wasn't as fifty fifty as it was last season, and imperials were favored on all the battle cards except for recover and and disarray and i think uh rapid reinforcements or all those three went to the rebels so like there were some glimmering stars of hope but you know we saw a pretty heavy showing from the imperials and you know considering that there was two seasons that were very equal and this season we saw a little bit of a dip like it's not time to panic yet. That's like, it's yeah. one season. We just saw the Empire strike week, back. So. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Return of the Jedi is next season. <laughs> <laughs> or Return of the Roger Rogers, I guess. I don't know. It'll be yeah. fun. <laughs> Return of the droids, yeah. Yeah, but well, like, you know, I, I, it's, it's interesting to look at from a data perspective. But, you know, one of the things I always try to caution is that like the TTS community on the Discord, we, we are our own like little meta. And sometimes we get caught up in stuff and everybody gets all excited about this thing or that thing. And then we forget, you know, item C, B and, you know, C, D and B or whatever. And it's like, okay, put it in perspective, get some more games in, take a big breath after the season is over. It'll be really interesting to see how things develop, especially after Worlds and as we get into the Clone Wars, because like the fact that, you know, things change so often and we're finally seeing one side, you know, favored a little more heavily than the others have been in the past. You know, that's not bad. That's it's allowed to be perfectly honest. Yeah, and I, honestly, I don't think that's fair that 
people and you know maybe it was misinterpreted that we've done it too but you know the whole sky is falling thing we're you know there may be some units that are A's and there may be some units that are A minuses and B pluses but I, I really don't feel like there's that much imbalance in the game right now and as a rebel player it's not like I'm you know panicking and trying you to got your Wookiees what else do you want exactly I'm, I'm not trying to sell my rebel stuff and, and you know switch forces to the uh the jack boots, just because you guys may have a little bit more efficiency at the moment. Are you sure? We got cookies. <laughs> oh, oh, well, in that case. Yeah, well, then, come on down. Yeah. I, I think the only thing I feel comfortable saying is that it just seems like Imperials have more tools at the competitive level. Not that everything Rebels bring to the table is worthless, but I feel like, you know, the, the Rebel list that I see making it super far at events are maybe a little more boring than you know the imperial list which i feel like you can bring more and have a little more variety in your life but like just like i said yeah just like i said before though you know just wait till like tauntauns and sabine come out you know it's it's gonna shift it always does and you know we we haven't seen the end of this road yet so don't don't put your panicking pants on just yet oh i always wear my panicking pants though i don't wear any pants well, that's that's because you're wearing panicking pants, and now you know my oh, joke. Oh, right, right. Okay. <laughs> now I get it. Uh, well, that's pretty much all I got uh, for today. you have anything else you want to talk about, LJ? Um, oh, man. What do I say? Go Blues? I don't watch Puck Puck. I just watch the Dodgers beat the Brewers every so often. Ooh. Okay, it's all right. It's all right. We're uh, we're, we're gonna get back into this. We're, how's Bell? How's Bellinger sitting with home runs right now? Because I think Yelich is still ahead. Oh man, but the kid is so good. The kid is just so good. They both Sorry, are. sorry, Matt. We're a sports podcast now. No, no, it's fine. I, it's I've, what, I've well since learned to turn my brain off during these segments. It's what Josh always wanted. Yeah. Um, he's more. He's more on the hockey side. Baseball, we'd lose him. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think there's much more. We're just we're excited for this season to uh, to finally wrap up and excited for Worlds to come up. And the uh, the Legion tournament circuit stuff has been going really well. Um, I think I think we're at 98 stores that have registered for the community locator. Uh, nice. So like that that map is is hopping. So like if you're you know, if you're looking for a place to play, and you're trying to find a brick and mortar store, you know, go to the tournament circuit, go to the community locator and, you know, see if there's something near you. Or if you do play somewhere frequently and you don't see it on there, you know, make sure you submit it. Use that share community button and get it, you know, get it published on our map. Because um, I have now heard over the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple of people contact me and be like, hey, I really appreciate the community locator because I was traveling for work and I was able to find a night to play Legion at and you know that's that's awesome I, I want this resource to be tried and true so by the time we get to august and you've got you know that huge crop of clone wars players coming in we've got the resources in place to help them be successful oh and that yeah that resource has been great i just because i i'm terrible at organizing things and i'm like okay which rpq is coming up in two weeks and i'll jump on there <laughs> but, oh there we go i gotta go to salt lake city for this one Yep, it, so. we've actually been updating the qualifier map a little bit more. It's now got the national events on there, so like uh, oh, Nova, nice. Nova and, you know, uh, what is it, Gen Con is on there. 
And then, mm -hmm. um, you know what we found out through trial and error is that the FFG website only has the US RPQs and the uh, UK RPQs. It doesn't include any of the other international ones. So um, I, I was lucky and I was able to get in contact with um, a couple guys from the Australia groups. And then I was able to get a German one put on there as well. So like if you have a rally point and it's not on there, you know, email the Legion Tournament Circuit at Gmail address and tell us, you know, where and when, what dates, what store, the address and all that. And we'll make sure it gets on the map. You know, this is not just a United States resource. This is a world resource. And we're going to make sure we keep developing it so it's something that everybody can use as the game continues to expand. And, you know, we're going to put more resources into it. We just put um, the the terrain cheat sheets, the score sheets, links to tabletop to and other software. Those are all up there now, and we're actually about to overhaul the terrain guidelines section to you know include some of these post Adepticon lessons I was talking about. About well, you should probably have this many line of sight blocking piece of terrain on your table and stuff like that. Yeah, having some kind of standardized uh, terrain setup, I think, is definitely. Something that you helped establish with a lot of these, uh, you know, big tournaments throughout the country, over the country, and I think having that resource available online would definitely be helpful for some some, some kind of standardization. Yeah, that's a good I'd... eyeball check of the situation. Right. And, you know, there are a lot of store owners that are like, I'm running this rally point, but I don't have a regular Legionite or people to lean on. Oh, cool. I can just look at these resources and it tells me what to do. Awesome. So, that's a big one. Well, LJ, um, we're going to let you go, bud, but thanks thanks a lot for joining us this week. Good luck with your house, man. Thanks. Thanks. I'm excited, and uh, thanks for having me on again, guys, and hopefully we'll uh, see you in the future. A uh, big thank you again to LJ for joining us today. It's uh, What a so, stud. It's always great to have him on the what show. What a good-looking fellow with a great attitude. He is, indeed, and uh, you know, obviously a huge resource for the Legion community. I mean... <laughs> I don't, I don't know where this game, if his game would be where it is right now, if it wasn't for, you know, his input over the last oh, year. Yeah. Lots of people efforts, but definitely he's yeah. been kind of spearheading a lot of those kind of initiatives. For sure. So speaking of uh, people who are awesome within our community, we hey, got some uh, yes. new Patreons, right? Uh, yeah, we do have some updates also. Uh, so the Barricada shirts are at the printer right now. Yeah. So we could see them posted up on the uh, Power9Games.com website. As early as next week, assuming everything goes well with that. So fingers crossed there, and we'll we'll probably have another update next week. Uh, also, we want to say thanks to Zane F., who is now supporting us through Patreon at the Imperial Outrider level. So thanks, thanks Zane. Zane. Uh, we also have, because it's the end of the month, we have some gift cards and uh, painted models to give away. So first is going to be for Charles Eames. I think I... Might have gotten that right, but uh, who gets the $25 Power 9 Games gift card. So I'll be contacting you on Patreon. Keep an eye out for that with instructions. And uh, Mike Cruz, who is going to get a painted model, uh, will be contacting you as well. Congratulations, awesome. Congrats, guys. guys. And thank you for supporting the show, everybody. Yeah. All right, next week we will hopefully have some more news on the upcoming ATST, down ATST. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could talk about that. Uh, maybe Josh will be back too. Maybe. We'll see. And... Um, We'll get some updates on uh, the terrain building, which we're going to start uh, rolling out here pretty quick. Oh, man. Yeah, catch you guys next week. You've been listening to the Legion Outriders podcast, a member of the Radio Free Tatooine Network. Oh, and now, at the end, do you understand? 
For more from the Outriders, make sure you like us on Twitter at Legion Outriders, subscribe to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Legion Outriders, and make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for listening. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home.